Welcome to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where modern portfolio theory can suck it. A student of the school of Graham and Doddsville and a clergy member of the Church of Warren Buffett, here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You are listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast. And today we have back on Evan Blaker from NetHunter. Evan, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to talk to you. Like always, man. So I wanted to discuss a company, Advantage Technologies. This is, now, is this something that you own currently? I own a small amount. It's a tragic story for me because I bought it initially at $1.30 as a net, as a totally different company. Cue the and- sad music. <laughs> Cue the sad music. And is one of those kind of stable but cheap kind of net nets that didn't see anything necessarily spectacular happening with. But eventually they got a new CEO, they changed around the business, and it went from uh, a company that sold telecom equipment like phones and, and connection switches or whatnot into a company that positioned itself in front of the 5G rollout. And so if you know anything about uh, telecom, that every so often, say every five or 10 years, the telecom companies go through a massive wave of spending. So they have to build out their networks, upgrade their networks in order to meet the new standards. So we went from 2G to 3G to LTE, which is what they market as 4G but it's not. Now they're stepping into the 5G world. And that wave of spending is going to be much larger than the previous waves. They have to build out basically... Because you have these individual little towers, right? Is that right? If you think about your cellular network, you got got all the cables that run underneath the city, and then they come up to these towers. And the towers have radio antennas on them, and they send your phone the radio signal, and your phone pings back, and they talk to each other. And so Mm -hmm. when we're talking about a cellular network build, we're talking about that, plus some of the deeper infrastructure, which I don't know too much about. I know enough to get by. Anyways, so every so often they have to upgrade this equipment that are that's sitting on these towers, these radio transmitters. Now for the 5G, for the 5G technology that's going to come out, they it's based on a high frequency wave which by its very nature can cover a much shorter distance and it also can't bend around corners or see through walls or doors or stuff like that, just like your 3G connection can. So because of that, they need somewhere between three to 15 times the number of towers. It's a lot lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So the spend is going to be huge. They're talking about $30 billion dollars. Uh, a year for over 10 years, something like that, to build out these networks. It's a huge amount of money. So obviously, if you own a company that's standing in front of this fire hose of cash, it's probably going to do well. And it it doesn't have to have a competitive advantage or anything. It's one of those things where everybody's going to get some cash, more or less. Everybody's going to be benefiting. So the new CEO positioned the company in front of this wave by buying a little service company. And the service company actually set up these towers, hooked everything up, installed things. And things were going decently for the first year after after the transition in, in management. Yeah. Then COVID hit, right? 
So here we have a situation where the stock is a virtual unknown. It's trading extremely cheaply. They're going to have a massive amount of growth going forward by virtue of taking part in this. And then COVID hit. And so that put, you know, everything on hold. And the rollout basically didn't get started for about a year. Now, so in the meantime, in, in 2020, they had to stay alive, but they also had to maintain their some crew, some capacity to rapidly scale up when this rollout came. They spent 2020 basically surviving, but burning through cash. And now we're, we're into 2021, we're halfway into 2021, and management says that finally the rollout's here, finally starting in, say, late June, early July, they're going to start to get a ton of work. And obviously, that's a good thing, but now they have not that much cash left, and they're, they've been burning through an average of, say, $1.7 million over the course of the course of the last nine months. But they have something like $5 million in cash left. And I mm. calculate that that they have to increase the wireless revenue by about 200% in order to break even. or yeah. So they're not burning cash anymore. So the question is, can they do that? Management seems to think that they can, seems to think that they have enough cash to take the company into the 2020. Uh, two year, I guess it's 2022 for them. And but also they're in a position where they might have to sell shares. So that's, of course, what they would say pumping the stock to try and get that stock price up to sell some shares to fund the company. So I'm on the fence about what it's actually going to do, whether it's going to be able to survive, you have a situation where they said that they're going to be able to double revenue. But again, they can't just double. They has to be, the wireless revenue has to be up by about 200%. Or it could be some mix. Maybe one of the other divisions could be up <clears throat> 50%, for example, and, and wireless could be up you know, 150%, something like that, in order to break even on a cash, cash basis. Yeah. But they only have about three cores to do it. Now we're rolling into Delta. Right. So the Delta wave has finally hit the U.S. It's starting to pick up steam in terms of spread throughout the U.S. Now, there's another question. Well, are they going to be able to get that work and actually secure that work if Delta's hitting hard? Or are the telecom companies going to put the spending on hold for a couple quarters and wait and see what the economy does? And it's not a, it's not a given. It's scary to think that this company could go bankrupt and run out, effectively run out of cash. Now, if, if we come to the worst place in calendar 2022, after the first quarter, or sorry, after their second quarter, so it would be calendar 2022 first quarter, they might not have you know much of any cash left, so they have to do a rights offering. Now you run into a situation where, where you're not, you know, investors aren't dumb. They know that the company has a quarter of cash left or less than that half a quarter. So they're not going to be scooping up the stock in buckets. They're probably going to be shying away. So that kind of raises the question, if there is a rights offering, what's the price going to be, right? So are they going to be getting 50 cents a share for it and raising next to nothing and totally diluting shareholders now? Obviously, it sounds like a pretty terrible idea. It's not something that you'd want to invest in. Mm. So you have that's to- a lot, But Adam, that's a lot of your ideas. They sound horrible. Yeah, but not this horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really, you've really one up yourself today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most of the companies that I invest in are troubled, but they're not yeah. near bankruptcy. But this one, is they, they're definitely inching their way there. Evan comes on, he's going to be pitching Blockbuster or something. Oh, yeah. 
actually 2020 year 2022 i'm going all bitcoin no offense to the bitcoin bulls out there so you have to ask basically what the upside of this company is and that's what kind of keeps me hanging in with a few shares now management came out with projections for revenue over you know the next three years and basically they pegged it at 280 million in terms of revenue right now they're sitting at 50 million it's a little over four four times increase or something the market cap is about 30 if you start looking at the numbers if they were able to achieve that basically if they got over this hump here and they were able to uh, achieve that level of revenue on the 10 percent ebitda margin that they're talking about they have basically no depreciation and amortization, right? So they're a service company. Um, So that's not a factor. They're probably sitting on very large NOLs. So they're not going to be having to pay much in the way of tax. So you could be looking at a situation where your net margin is very large and at a 20 times multiple, it could be trading over 400 a share, three, 400 a share, something like that. There's three, 400 million yeah. market cap. And then if they came out with doubling revenue over the next two years or three years after that, it's not inconceivable that it could go up to 800 million market cap. And that's where the upside is. And typically when you're investing in a troubled company. Like and, and as the time of this recording, this is like a 30 million market cap or so. It's a 30 million. And I think we're in July 21st or something right now. Yeah. July 21st. Yeah. So it could go either way. Typically 2021 for those listening in 2024 or something. 2021. Yeah. Uh, So typically when I'm investing in these tiny crappy companies, there's no 10, 20 X upside. You get a double, you get maybe a two, three X if you picked really well. So this is something that's quite exceptional and it's just by virtue of the 5G rollout that's coming out. Yeah. Um, Now, a lot of the listeners are probably saying, isn't 5G out? I hear 5G ads everywhere. And the reality is that they've upgraded maybe some towers in some locations, but the speeds that these towers are capable of getting, for the most part, is about 4G, or sorry, LTE plus, basically. Yeah. So it's not a true 5G. They have to do a major network upgrade, and it hasn't really started yet in the U.S., so that would be advantage, basically. Are there other businesses that you've looked at, whether they're net nets or not nets, that you believe would be able to take advantage of the 5G rollout over the next few years? Absolutely. But I'm not, I'm not an expert on these businesses, but I do like the business models and I do think they're expensive. So yes. that's just me. So there's American Tower. Basically, as far as I understand it, they set up and they rent out these towers. They're basically like a REIT, but for your cellular towers. Or cell towers. Yeah, exactly. And they've had a really good growth rate since, I don't know, 2001, 2002, sometime in there. They're very, Lilu, very well-managed company. Yeah. And Lilu bought them. From what I gather at the time, there was a lot of these cell tower companies that, that came out. And they took on a lot of debt to build these towers. And in true fashion, the whole thing imploded. And there was a couple survivors. And so Li Lu spotted American Tower. And he apparently has rode it all the way up. Good for him. But it stands to reason, if you need to build out, say, 3 to 15 times the number of towers to get the same coverage as 5G, 
then these companies are going to be building out a lot of towers and then renting them out. The revenue and, and profits are going to increase. So there's American Tower, there's Crown Castle, and uh, those are really the only two that I know of. In terms of cheap cigar bots, I haven't really found any in the 5G space that I like, okay. uh, in the telecom space that I like. Yeah, nothing there I could really recommend or, or talk about. If any other suggestions, by the way, listeners or Evan, either one, if any of you have the suggestions of companies that are either micro, I, I'm especially interested in the micro cap space, but anyway, if it's a micro cap and net net, and you'd think that their CEO or chairman or some executive at that business would be interesting to speak to an interview. And as I like to go into the weeds on the show, please send them along or make an intro for me or give me the idea. I'll reach out to them myself. But I, we've had a few executives on the show now. And I'd love to have a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome to see. Yeah. Anything else about uh, Advantage Technologies or you think we've covered no, that? Buyer beware. Yeah. It, do your own due diligence, not a buy or sell recommendation. Clearly this, right. these, this space comes with a lot of risks and you and right. use limit orders. Yeah. It's not a net. It's uh, what I would consider a distressed company. So yeah. your debt levels and your runway matter a lot when you're investing yeah. in this yeah. All right, Evan. Well, anyway, great to have you back on the show, like always. And uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast with Eric Schlein. If you'd like to connect with Eric for questions, comments, feedback, ideas, or to inquire about being on the show, please contact Eric at intelligentinvesting at gmail.com. So in the words of Charlie Munger, I have nothing to add.